everyone, welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast, the podcast that has a rash on his armpit because for some dumbass reason, I've decided to get dressed every day during quarantine and wear deodorant. Like, you know how they say you need to keep some type of routine during, you know, quarantine. So you should like get dressed for all that stuff. So I've been doing that mostly because I want to look presentable when I'm on camera, but also because, you know, it's a nice routine. And part of the routine is wearing deodorant. Now, I have no reason right now to wear deodorant. Like, my armpits could be free of all that toxic aluminum, all that, you know, synthetic material. I have no reason to be wearing deodorant. But every day, I put on deodorant. And what happened was, I had a project to do last night. I said, really late last night. I was planning on recording the podcast last night, but I didn't because I was up late last night doing this project that got done, thankfully, but it means I'm behind schedule once again because, you know, nothing ever wants to work out in a proper schedule for me. Um, But so I was working late last night, so I didn't shower last night. So that means I slept in my deodorant. Like usually I come home and, you know, the day is done and I take a shower to end off. Like my nighttime routine is shower, you know, brush your teeth, wash your face, all that stuff, go to bed. But I didn't really do that. So I slept in the deodorant and, you know, deodorant has got all that aluminum, all that, you know, plastic or whatever that's in it. And I'm not even using my main deodorant. Like I didn't want to go to the store to get new deodorant because I didn't feel like it was necessary and I had like some backup deodorant because my main deodorant, the type that I normally like, that one ran out. It had some backup one, which is not the kind I'd like prefer. Like I prefer the pure white deodorant over something that's like more gel based. But my backup deodorant is gel and I don't like it as much, but I figured, what the fuck? I'm inside. If I'm going to wear deodorant like a fucking idiot, I might as well, you know, use what I have, use my resources and not go outside and put myself in danger just for some deodorant, right? So I'm using this backup deodorant. I'm sleeping in it. It has all the, you know, aluminum and gel and just like jelly, all the the fuck in it. And it's giving me a rash on my armpit because I didn't wash it off in the shower so it just stayed in my armpit forever and now now i have a a a rash in my armpit like i don't know how people who don't take showers every day like there are some people who don't legitimately don't take showers every day i'm talking about before pandemic before quarantine people didn't take showers every day and when this whole shit started people were talking about how oh i went a day without a shower i went a few days without a shower and I can see people getting away with one maybe two days without a shower before they stink but for me it's like from my point of view it's like do you all not get body acne like if I don't shower right there's like a you know a high chance that there's gonna be a little bit of body acne the next day right for me anyway everyone's different but for me the body acne will come soon if I don't shower, right? If I don't wash this deodorant off at night, the armpit is going to be itchy. 
And like the most embarrassing place to itch, other than like your penis, is the armpit. Right, you like if you scratch your armpit, it's like, oh, you're a fucking caveman. I don't want to look like a caveman. Yes, I'm at home and I haven't had human contact. I haven't had a hug in a while. But if I'm on camera, because I have to be on camera for my job every day, I'm on camera. That's the main reason why I'm getting dressed every day is because I have this, you know, this camera job. But even if I wasn't on camera, if people saw me just raising my arm, scratching my armpit, they think I'm a fucking Cro-Magnon. I don't want that. I don't want you to want that. Like, it really, like, people who can, who go, like, more than a day without showering. Like, it's impressive, but also, like, what is your, what is your body acne situation like? What is that grease situation looking like? You know what I mean? Like, those people who don't wash their legs, like, there are legitimate people who do not wash their legs, right? A lot of people boldly on Twitter say, I don't wash my legs. Like, where, like, what, what's the situation down there? Like, if your legs are hairy, maybe it covers up, like, any, any, you know, obscenities because they're hairy. But if they're not hairy, what's the situation looking like? I don't think it's looking as good as you think it's looking, right? And I'm brushing my teeth. I'm doing all that stuff, all that stuff. I just... I dropped the ball last night. I didn't shower off the deodorant. And now I'm paying the price, right? You go a day without showering and your life fucking falls apart. Um, but speaking of people who I hope believe I shower, I spoke last week about dating apps and I haven't messaged people on the dating apps. Well, I've started to message people on the dating apps and I have a story. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's not the most exciting story, maybe, but it's a story. It's my first dating app story that I've had in a while because I haven't been really on the dating apps in like years. And even when I was on it like daily back in the day, I didn't message a whole lot of people. So I'm on Tinder. Yeah. And I'm just swiping, swiping, swiping. And I match with this girl and I decided, you know, Everyone who I'm going to match with, I'm going to send a message, right? I'm just going to send them a hi, see where it goes, you know, talk to some people, and then we're going to go from there, right? If they don't respond, they don't respond. Who cares? I don't know these people, right? So it's okay if they don't respond. I'm not going to be hurt by that. So I'm sending everyone who I match with a message, right? See where it goes. And who knows, right? It might be either a friendship or relationship that changes your life. You never know, right? So I'm sending messages and I send a message to this one girl and I just say hi, right? I figured I don't have, you know, the facilities right now to be super creative, super funny, right? I can be funny if the conversation escalates, right? I can bounce off you. I can be funny. I can be charming over text. That's no big deal, right? But for the first one, I say send a hi. If you think I'm charming or handsome or enough or whatever, then we can go from there. I send a hi. Girl sends me back. And the message she sent was, and I'm slightly paraphrasing, was, I was expecting something more witty and creative than that. And then she followed it up with a LOL JK, how's your night going? Something like that, right? And then I was like, you know, sorry, I haven't been on Tinder in a long time. You know, I'm still getting my head in the game, you know, making that excuse. And I mean, I guess it's a valid excuse, whatever. But 
she says, you know, ha ha again. She sort of laughs at it. It wasn't that funny what I said, but she says, ha ha again. And then she says, well, if you haven't been on here in a while, are you just here because you're bored? And I was like, you know, yeah, kind of. But, you know, I'm down to talk. And then after I said that, the conversation got weird in a way that it was like it started off feeling like a real person. And then it became some type of bot or robot that was sort of taking over because of how the conversation progressed. It was as if she stopped speaking fluent English because we would she would ask me something or she would send something and I would respond and then her response didn't line up with my response. Like if I mention two things, she'll mention something tangentially related to one thing and it wouldn't even like be part of the conversation. But I kept the conversation going as best I could because, you know, this was the first one that I had that really went anywhere, right? Like I sent out a bunch of messages, right? And she was the first one that like responded and the first one who like laughed at what I said or whatever. So I'm trying to keep the conversation going, whatever. And then she says, you know, I'm, where do you live? Right? Something like that. And I knew by her location, like I knew her general area, right? So she says, where do you live? And I give her the city next to mine. I don't give her my actual city because, you know, I just I don't know this person in real life. Right. So I give the city next to mine. And then she says, oh, we're 10 minutes away now to me. That was, you know, the solidified red flag because her location was at least 30 minutes away from the city I claimed. Right now, people are mobile and maybe she was, you know, locked quarantine in a place that wasn't where her location was at but i knew if the location was as it said it was and there was no gaming the system or anything i knew it was 30 minutes away at least right so saying that it's 10 minutes away that was the the final straw and i was like okay this is fucked up but at least i get a story out of it and then she says like let's meet up now mind you this is a pandemic we're talking about so i say no Right. I said, no, we're not meeting up. Like, even if I wanted to meet up, like, say, say this was normal situation and say I wanted to meet up with this random person. Right. It was, you know, midnight, 1230 at night. I was not about to go at midnight, 1230 at night on my lonesome to do this. Right. If we're going to go on a Tinder date, you know, it's going to be during the day right? We're starting off on a daytime date. We're not, I'm, I'm going to be in broad daylight because you never know what the catfishes are going to be. You never know what people's motives is going to be, right? So I say no, right? The pandemic just compounds on that. So I say no. Then she says, well, can I have your number, right? And we're getting back to sort of a normal conversation, but then it gets sort of like randomly sexually charged. Like the message she sent after that was very sexual. So I give her a fake number, okay? I give the fake number, you know, and if you are wondering how to make a fake number, all you do is go to Google Voice and then you follow the instructions on Google Voice, and you can get a number that will go to your phone, but it's not your number. And you can easily, you know, dump that fake number when you're done with it, right? So I give her a fake number that doesn't have the same, you know, 
zip code or anything like that. I gave her a San Jose zip code, which again, should have could have raised questions if she was from where she said she was from, because the city I said did not have a San Jose area code and I gave her a San Jose area code, but whatever. So I, I, I send her the number. She texts me saying, hey, it's me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know, trying to keep it, you know, relatively casual. And then she slips back into this like automated bot response where it seemed like she didn't know English again because her responses just weren't lining up. It didn't make any sense. And then she sends me this link, right? And it's like Tinder Finder or like X Tinder or whatever. And she says, you know, click the link. And now I'm worried that this is going to be spam, right? I'm worried that this is going to be something that's going to put some malware on my phone or anything like that. But I figured, why not? If it, if it fucks me, it, I'll fix it. I'll, I'll try something else. So I click the link and it's a picture of the girl, right? The same girl from Tinder. Like it's a picture of the girl and then it's, and then it moves, right? The pictures moved by themselves. I didn't scroll anything. It was a self scrolling website. And the next picture is a picture of the girl naked, right? Or, or topless, I guess you could say a picture of boobs, right? And now I'm like, well, what's going on? It scrolls again and it goes to a normal picture and then it goes, scrolls again and it goes to another sexually charged picture. And now I'm like, well, what's going to happen here? Because on one hand, if this was a normal situation and if this person actually exists, because I haven't talked to this person since. So if this person actually exists, right? They just sent a stranger, you know, very provocative photos. And I don't know what the end game was there because I clearly said no to meeting up. But if that was a real person, I would have appreciated it. You know, I would have, you know said my thank yous, I would have said, oh, oh, appreciate this. Thanks for, thanks, thanks for being so forward, you know, but uh, in my mind now, this is not a real person, right? This is someone using someone else's pictures to get something out of somebody. So now it's like, whose boobs are these? Like, do does a person know that their pictures are being used for this way? Because now it's like non-consensual boobs, right? This, these are boobs that someone probably took for a specific purpose. And that purpose was not for me. I was never supposed to see those boobs. But I did see them now. And that's never going to change. And it's like, well, how is this person, you know, feeling about this? Does this person know I feel bad now? Because I don't believe this is a real person. So because I don't believe it's a real person, it's like, this is, you know, morally incorrect. Like, I can't enjoy these now. Like, normally I would have enjoyed it, but I can't enjoy these now because now I'm thinking about all the moral consequences of how this picture got into the hands of someone pretending to be a person on Tinder to send a picture to entice me to probably sign up for something I'm going to regret. And I'm just thinking about all the connecting the dots. And I'm like, this this is fucked, whatever, right? And I keep the conversation going just to see if it goes anywhere else. And then she says on the link, right? And it's like a Tinder-esque link, but it's very, very sketchy. It says, or she says, you need to verify your account on there so we can meet up. 
Mind you, I said, I am not meeting up, right? Not for anything, not for a date, not for a friend, not for a chill hang. No, this is pandemic. I'm staying home as much as I possibly physically can, right? So after I said no, she says, verify your account. We can meet up. We can we can communicate through there. And I'm like, no. And I make up a lie. I say, yo, it's not working. I'm not doing it. But part of me is like, if I register my account here, I'm going to get nailed with something I don't want. I'm going to get nailed with some type of spam or it's going to, you know, coerce me into paying some type of money. So I say, no, I'm I'm cool with it. No, I'm not doing it. So eventually the conversation fizzles out. It's done. I think that nothing happens, right? I figure I dodged a bullet. I got a story about it. I can talk about this on the podcast or whatever. I can tell someone maybe as long as i get a story out of it fine right and that's half of the reason why i'm doing this shit is like getting the stories out of it but then the next day something weird happens and i have this fake number right this fake san jose number and the next day i get a text to that fake number that i just signed on to less than 24 hours ago at that at that point right saying from a company called flower company saying your order has been delivered it's going to be like 120 dollars it'll be delivered between 6 p.m and 8 p.m and i'm like well what the fuck i didn't order any flowers (laughs) so i i texted it back i was like i didn't order any flowers and then i get another text saying yo another order is ready it's gonna come the day after and this one is worth like 70 dollars And I'm like, hello, let me cancel this. I didn't order anything, right? And then I didn't get a response, right? So I reverse engineered, I Googled the phone number, and I found that it wasn't a quote unquote flower company. This is a weed company, right? It's a weed company. It's called like Flower Bomb or something, right? Excuse me. So it's a weed company, right? And then I, I get to like the contact information. I email this weed company and I'm saying, look, I'm getting text messages from this number. I don't know what's going on. I didn't order anything. Please don't charge me. Don't send anything. I'm just, you know, trying to cover all my bases, right? And then I get a text back after I send the email. After I send the email, like an hour later, I get a text back from the actual company that texted my phone which turns out to actually be Flower Company. And it turns out that there's like a weed company that I'm probably getting wrong, but it's called like Flower Company, where you can buy weed and they'll deliver it to you. And they use Flower Company to sort of ship their product products out or they like collaborate, right? So there are two separate weed companies that I was in, con- on, in contact with. And they were like, yo, we don't know what happened. Someone is probably ordering something and using your number, like make a typo with your number. And one, it's impressive that weed is so easily accessible because I peruse the website, like trying to see what's going on because I didn't want some random charge or random delivery. I actually just checked my bank account, right? Making sure that these charges wasn't going to my bank account because I don't know about you all, but during this pandemic, like, I canceled a lot of things that I was like still paying for, but not using like some things that like maybe I'll go on like once or twice, like I'll log on once or twice every once in a while to look at stuff. 
but I didn't really use it. Like I canceled all that, right? Because the money is fucked up. So I canceled all the subscriptions or most of the subscriptions, I say, I should say, that weren't really doing me any good. Like the stuff that I'm using, I kept, but the stuff that I'm not using, I'm not keeping so that the money, right? Excuse me again. The money can be as nice as possible. And right now my money is looking is looking all right, right? I'm not a millionaire, I'm not a hundred thousand there, but what I have in the bank account is looking pretty nice. If I get like another stimulus check, I know they're thinking about more stimulus checks. I know they're thinking about some student loan forgiveness. Like if I can get some of that, like I will be really good. Um the money, like my job, I'm I'm making money still, but I'm making less money. So I would need to, you know, save up a little bit more before I make some real big financial moves. You know what I'm saying? But my money is is looking nice now, especially now that I'm not paying for stuff that I should have canceled a long time ago. Now that I'm not paying for that, the money is looking nice, right? So I'm I'm getting all that. I'm not charged, but now... I'm getting texts every day from these weed companies saying my order is ready and it's going to be delivered between 6 to 8 p.m., right? Like literally every day. And these are not small orders, right? I looked at the website, right? And a lot of their products go from like $15 to $40, right? And these people, whoever this is, is ordering $100 worth of weed products like every day. Right? How much are you smoking that you're you're buying a hundred dollars worth of weed, right? Weed and weed accessories, and you're smoking through all that in like a day, day and a half, and ordering more weed. I get that there's not much to do when you're locked down in quarantine, and I'm not, you know, the weed smoker expert, right? Weed is not like amazing to me. Like some people smoke weed and some people have a relationship with weed where it's like amazing. And to me, weed is not amazing. Weed is just weed. I don't care who smokes it, who doesn't, who uses it, who doesn't use it. If it helps you, if it doesn't help you, I don't give an absolute shit. But I do think that weed is just regular. It's just something that's regular, right? It's not amazing to me. And I know people who think weed is amazing and they love weed on a level that I probably never will, right? But it has to be someone like that who's ordering hundreds of dollars of worth of weed every day, right? Because like the stereotype about stoners is like they don't have jobs and like they're you know, ne'er-do-wells and all that stuff. But I have to think that anyone who's buying their weed online and getting it delivered to them probably has some type of job, right? Like, I would assume that if you're getting your weed that way, like, in a quote-unquote legal way, right, and you're getting it mailed to you, that's like some some white-collar weed you know, purchasing, right? You're not getting it from your homie, right? And drug dealers now in a pandemic, like the real drug dealers, like they might be struggling a little bit. Um, We should probably take care of those drug dealers. Like, you know, the non-violent ones, just the regular ones. Um, They should, we should take care of them because they're struggling too. The money is fucked up for a lot of us, right? And I just bragged about my money looking nice. My money is looking nice because I've saved some money, right? And I'm in a in a fortunate situation. I'm very thankful. But I am currently bringing in less money 
than I was, right? So I have to be careful not to, you know, overextend myself right now. And who knows what the fucking cost of living is going to be. I live in the goddamn Bay Area. So who knows what the cost of living is going to be once I get out of here. So I'm trying to save as much money as I possibly can because it might be rough coming out, right? And the moves I might want to make might not be possible, right? But someone spending hundreds of dollars worth of weed, I would say has a job, right? But when they're gumming every day and you're smoking that much every day, what is your job? Like, if you're working from home, what is your job? Or, like, the one thing I can think about is literally social media influencer slash YouTuber who does a lot of, you know, marijuana, cannabis-related content, right? If you do that and you're getting, you know, paid to smoke weed, I can see something like that. If you have some type of digital show, if you have some type of podcast, some type of Instagram or Twitter account that's centered around marijuana, I can see that being a normal expense. But if you have like a regular job, like a traditional job, and you're like reporting to your boss and like having Zoom meetings and all that stuff, what what is your what is your job? Right? What is your job if you're smoking that much weed, right? You're smoking that much weed, you're getting, I assume, pretty high because you keep ordering it. And if it didn't get you, you know, a decent amount of high, I don't see why you would even bother with the shit. So you're getting pretty high. You're smoking a lot of weed. You're spending exorbitant amount of money, at least for me, on weed, right? Different people, different countries, different states have different price tags on quantities of weed but uh, over upwards of a hundred dollars like a hundred fifty dollars like daily come on now that's a lot of money on weed right you don't need to spend that much money on weed in normal circumstances maybe they're they're just like loading up on weed because their drug dealer is not dealing right now so they went through to an alternate source and they're just stockpiling up so that once the pandemic ends and beyond, right, so that the weed dealers can build up their business again, like the local weed dealers, they have some stash for when, you know, the pandemic ends or when when they need it, like some backup stashes. Maybe that's what's going on here, right? But I can't imagine, like, you just being blown high out of your mind and just, like, doing the Zoom meetings and, like, sending all your emails and all that. Maybe you can't. Maybe you can't. Maybe you're one of those people that gets high and then just functions normally. But I don't I would assume that your that your priorities may be a little bit out of whack, like maybe buy weed once a week. Right. Maybe spend one hundred dollars worth of weed a week and then do your do your thing elsewhere. Right. Or may, maybe maybe you don't have a job. Maybe you just have hella money just lying around. Right. And you're just you're just going to town on weed because you just have like a nest egg of money. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know who's doing it, but I I could have ditched the number right after I got this fake Google number. I could have ditched the number, but I keep the I'm keeping the number just to see like how much this guy is, you know, smoking this man or woman or whoever is smoking because it's not getting charged to me. I check my bank account. It's not getting charged to me right? I am completely in the clear. It's just most likely a mix up 
with the numbers, right, with the phone numbers. So since I'm not getting charged, I'm fine with just ha- with just seeing how much it is. Like I'm impressed with how much it is because I'm getting these texts like once a day, twice a day saying like a hundred, two hundred dollars worth of weed, right? It'll be like one order worth like a hundred twenty and then like another order worth like 80 that'll come in on like the same day, right? And it's like, you could have ordered this all at once. Like what, what's going on, right? Are multiple use, people using the same account? And that's why, you know, these you get these multiple charges. I have no idea. Like I'm creating this picture in my mind of someone just like on the couch, smoking weed, you know, sending emails, trying to write up reports to send to like the foreign conglomerate or whatever, and just like high out of their mind, right? That's what I'm, what I'm thinking of, right? But it's just really impressive back again to like how far legal weed has gone. And like whenever th- people talk about like legal weed on Twitter, someone always says like free all drug dealers, right? Like free people in jail for weed. And after seeing firsthand like these websites, like that just like sell weed like it's normal, like they sell weed like you would buy like Claritin ready tabs at Target, right? If you're going to sell weed like it's allergy medicine, I think, yeah, you can free all the people in jail for weed if that's what you're going to do, right? If you're in jail for weed, for any type of weed-related offense, it might make you sick to find out that people are just selling weed on the internet, like not on the dark web, like on the regular web, right? They're selling weed, and like that's what you were doing, and you're in jail, And now these people are profiting off of what you pioneered. I can see that. I can see free free all the people for nonviolent marijuana offenses. I'm behind that. Free them all. Free them all. Because they're in in California. They're they're on that weed delivery driver fucking weed Uber Eats. That's what it is. It's weed Postmates, right? So, yeah, all good. But enough about that. We need to talk about someone else, Mr. Jeff Bezos, because Jeff Bezos, the guy who created Amazon, is set to be a trillionaire in 2026. That, that's what they say. Whether it actually happens, we'll have to wait until 2026. But for me, there's a couple of things that stick out about Jeff Bezos. One, has anyone tried to rob him? If so, are they still alive? And if so, how close did they get, right? Because if you're worth that much money, I have to imagine that you need security. Like, you have your own security. Like, you have billions of dollars. You know, you, you pay someone to to keep your money, your, your body and your security right, right? And then if someone tries to rob you, like, where do they even go, right? Like, has anyone tried to steal Jeff Bezos's identity or, like, swipe a credit card or, like, hack into the bank account? I want to know if that's happened. If so, are they still alive? Are they in jail? Did Jeff Bezos just eliminate their memory from the face of the earth? I want to know that. Two, what I want to know about Jeff Bezos. Tangentially related to Jeff Bezos. is Bezos is similar to Bezos, which is Spanish for kiss. And I want to know how many people are calling themselves Jeff Bezos. Like Jeff Kisses. And just 
trying to be cute, trying to like kiss her girlfriend or boyfriend, calling themselves Jeff Bezos and trying to like give a little besito on their partner. I want to know that. Three, what I want to know about Jeff Bezos is if you have all that money, right? And you know, I know he has to know that there are people that don't like Jeff Bezos because he's almost like a parasite at this point right? If you have all this money, if you obtain a trillion dollars, right? No one's ever done that before. If you obtain a trillion dollars, and that's more money by far than anybody, there's no way you're going to be able to spend a trillion dollars. And you know that there's no way to spend a trillion dollars because no one has ever had a trillion dollars, right? There's no way that one man is going to be able to do such a thing. So if you have a trillion dollars, right, why not just give it away, right? Just give it, like, once you hit, like, a trillion, like, you can easily redistribute half of that and still have, like, what, like, 500 billion? Is that how it works? I'm pretty sure that's how it works, right? Half of a trillion is 500 billion, just like half of a billion is 500 million, and half of a million is 500,000, right? I'm pretty sure that that's how it works. So if you have a trillion, like that, you can give 500 billion, right? Invest it into the world, right? Give it to different companies, different organizations, like give it to people, directly into people, and that's half of your worth, right? 500 billion, right? I don't know how far $500 billion goes globally, but you can definitely fix, you know, a lot of issues in a lot of places with $500 Because no one's even had $500 billion before, you see. No one's had that before. So if you can do $500 billion on your own, you can fix a lot of places, right? And then... You know, you're not like a leech on society. Like right now, if you're just collecting money, if you're just collecting up to a trillion dollars, right? That's not doing anything positive because it's just one guy, right? It's one guy for Amazon, right? That has a trillion of dollars. It's not being circulated back and in, into the world and it's not helping anybody. It's not even helping Jeff Bezos, right? If you have $500 billion, which again, he doesn't have yet, but he is well on his way. If you have $500 billion, right, every dollar you make after that does not help you, right? It All it does is say, I want more money, give me more money. It doesn't help you at that point, right? Because if you have $500 billion, like you're not going to wink at another billion, right? You're not even going to bat an eye at a billion. So you might as well either like flat out refuse the other billions, you know, and then just say, okay, every time I get a billion, I'm going to donate it to some cause, right? Just I'll deflect these billions to as many causes as I can, to as many countries as I can, because this doesn't help you, right? And it doesn't help the world, like the literal world, it doesn't help if all the money is going to one place and then not being spread somewhere else, right? Because if you're richer than anyone who has ever lived, right? You have to spend some of it, but there's no way you can spend it in time. So you might as well just like, just rain money all across the world, right? Give it to everybody. Give money to everyone. Everyone can get broken off from some Bezos money, right?
I think I think that seems pretty reasonable. Like if United States isn't going to use some UBI, right? Right now, we already did the one UBI, but if they don't give any more stimulus checks, right? Bezos can be like the stimulus check guy, right? Instead of saying, "Look, I'm going to keep all this money for myself." Like, "Hey, let me set up my stimulus check program, maybe get some Amazon Prime members." Anyone who's used Amazon Prime can get a stimulus check from Jeff Bezos, right? Something like that. And I realized, like, when I didn't really like Jeff Bezos, because Amazon started off as, like, a book company, right? It was online for books. And I was watching a video from Jeff Bezos, and I thought, you know, this guy likes books, right? This guy's a bookworm. This guy likes to read. No. He sold books because there was like a market inefficiency for books. He saw books as like a gold mine, not because he had a passion for books. And that's when I knew like, oh, this guy is just this guy is just a capitalist nerd, right? I would rather you be a book nerd, a computer nerd, a video game nerd, uh, a school nerd, like an education nerd, anything like that. But a nerd that just wants to, you know, increase their power and nerd them that's not the type of nerd I want to hang out with. I knew right then when he's like, well, there's a market inefficiency in books. And if I sell books, I have the best shot at making it a success, not because he likes books, right? That's when I knew I would never hang out with Jeff Bezos and be like his friend, right? If I knew Jeff Bezos in high school or college, we would be acquaintances only. Acquaintances only, right? Because... I just knew I wouldn't vibe with that personality. I just wouldn't. Like, you're, you're not doing it for the love. You're doing it for the cold, hard cash. And to be fair to him, he has made some cold, hard cash, right? He's been, you know, the richest person the world has ever seen. So it worked, but you're just a fucking asshole, right? Speaking of assholes, the last dance is over. And I'm sad because... I personally enjoyed watching Michael Jackson. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Michael Jordan. I personally enjoyed watching Michael Jordan be a jerk for two hours straight for five Sundays straight. I I pretty much enjoyed that. I re- really liked it. And I like how Twitter came together to tweet about Michael Jordan. And, you know, after the last dance, I would go to, like, Dragonfly Jones' Twitter. I'd go to, like, Shea Serrano's Twitter like Jesus and Miro Twitter, just to get like, you know, all the hot takes, all the jokes, feed it all to me. And it's gone now. I will say, I don't want to get too deep into the last dance because I do need to preserve my voice, which is why I, I don't really go hour long podcasts right now. I go more the 40, 45 minute range. We'll see how long this goes. But I need to get my voice right to stay on camera for a long time. But I will say, Michael Jordan clearly has a hand in the documentary, right? He's like the executive producer or or whatever, right? I don't know how good of a documentary it makes it if it's being altered by the person that the documentary is about, right? Because Michael Jordan is only really putting out there what he's okay with you seeing because he's okay with it. It's not like the full, raw, uncut Michael Jordan, right? This is, it, it is, you know, pretty raw and pretty uncut and pretty wild, but it's not the full story. There's things that people say or people that potentially could say that was never going to have a shot in the dark 
at being in the documentary, right? So I don't know how good of a documentary ultimately that makes it, but what it is, is damn good entertainment. Whether or not the integrity as a full-fledged documentary holds up is irrelevant because it was entertaining at the end of the day, right? Because it was so entertaining, it doesn't matter if it was a good documentary, right? Like Tiger King, Tiger King could have been biased as hell. Like Joe exotic right they painted him in a light that made people really like him want to free him from jail right when joe exotic was a bad guy at the whole core of everything right but tiger king was entertaining right whether it was a good documentary comes second to it was entertaining and this is coming from someone who doesn't watch a whole lot of documentaries but entertainment first documentary second makes for a success, right? Because we just want to tell a story, whether that story is actually 100% factual, actual, you know, correct. That That's, you know, almost secondary. Like, documentaries can get things wrong, but if it's a pop-in story and I'm going to tweet about it, that's all I care about. And um, last thing before I go, because I feel the voice going, 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 um... School is almost over. People are graduating. Zoom graduation, online graduation is strange. I have a couple family members graduating and I've, you know, attended their their Zoom or their YouTube graduation. And it's strange, but I want you to look at the bright side. If you're doing like Zoom graduation, which might seem like it sucks, but hear me out. You're most likely going to have that graduation forever right you're gonna have that graduation video forever you can access it whenever you want i graduated from college in high school and guess what all i have is the memories and every time you go back into your memory bank right it a little bit fuzzier your memory gets a little bit fuzzier each time you go back into that memory and eventually it becomes something that's a little bit fictionalized rather than actual reality right you can have like if it's on zoom or like youtube or like a live stream you can potentially access that forever that's on the bright side the second bright side is that it's a lot quicker you don't have to deal with the parts of graduation that suck which is like parking like sitting in the sun you know listening to people who you maybe don't like like at my school we had like student graduation speakers like suit and like i was wondering like if you hate the student graduation speaker like you met her in school you met him in school and you just thought they were an absolute dickhead right it must suck to have that guy be the student speaker for graduation right and you have to, you know, invite family and, you know, ensure you have enough tickets because there's always a limited amount of tickets, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to worry about any of that. Right. And I would say enjoy the moment if you haven't graduated yet. I would say you might care about graduation more than you think. Right. I think I was trying to be cool both times I graduated high school and college. I was trying to be cool about it. But once you put on like the cap and gown and once you like do all the stuff. It hits you in a way that only a graduation can hit you, right? So even if it's, you know, online graduation or anything like that, you might end up caring about it a a lot more than you think. And it might hit you in a way that you didn't think it would hit you. So I want you to enjoy your Zoom graduation. Enjoy your online graduation. Hopefully you can do a real graduation when things, you know, clear up. But 
for now, enjoy your Zoom graduation. Make the most of it. Spend some time with whoever you can spend time with because it is still your day and no one can take that away from you. That you graduated from your institution. You fulfilled the requirements. You can make your next move and you should be proud of that. All right. But um, yeah, I guess that's going to be it for now. I thought that was pretty good. I talked a lot about me. And I don't always do that. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Um, yeah, thank you for watching, listening, paying attention wherever you are. I will see you next week.